Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the best of the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero here with you. If you are new to the show, thanks for hopping in. We appreciate it. We give you the best five minutes of every long-form show we have here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network, which we are live every single day on our YouTube channel. Maybe you listen, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't listen to the full show every time. Well, now we've got the best pieces that you may not have heard. Thank you for stopping by. Let's get right to it. On Mondays, we go drive-by-drive through the 49ers game and take a second look at everything that happened with me and Vish Kumaran. First two drives for the 49ers, six plays, minus six yards, and that was it for the first quarter, Vish. That was the 49ers' offensive output. And it's weird, but after the first quarter, I was like, you know what? I've seen a lot of teams have a quarter like this and be able to bounce back. The Niners have done it to other teams, and they've bounced back a little bit. So I was scared a little, but I wasn't like full-blown panic mode. And apparently, according to Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy, neither were the Niners. Yeah, and and that was the one thing I noticed about the Niners. They didn't look like out of sorts. They just looked like a team that couldn't like get their rhythm in the first quarter. Like they just couldn't find that spot to get their rhythm. And we're going to talk about it because it does actually take something to get their rhythm going. Like the next drive doesn't immediately come back and it's first down. They take, you know, and get a chunk gain. The next drive, that first set of three downs is bumpy. And I think it's a really important turning point in this game, and it and it goes to show Brock Purdy's grittiness um, in converting that next third down. But you're absolutely right. I I, I also felt similarly to you because I looked at the Niners, I looked at them, and I said I've seen this team look out of sorts 
They don't look out of sorts right now, but they're also not getting anything going. And 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 they did weather the Philadelphia storm, right? Keeping it to only six points. A hundred percent. And then you kind of felt it turn a little because then the Eagles got the ball back and they go three plays. They only gain three yards and they have to punt. And that was the first time I was like, okay, all right, we figured it out. out. Go ahead. I was just about to say to me that three and out was shocking. Uh, my bad for interrupting you. Cause what no, no. I was going to mention is the one thing that had me concerned on our previous talking point, when we were going from the first quarter, to the second quarter is Philly held the ball for five minutes on the first drive and the Niners gave it back in, you said a minute and two seconds. Then yep. I think Philly held the ball for another six minutes. And I, I think the Niners, this might've been like a two minute, 30 second drive. Cause they ran it on first down one Oh one. Okay. So just as fast. So that was the only thing where it was like, this defense has played so well. Can they sustain or do they have enough energy for Philly getting the ball right back? Because this was basically two very sudden changes for them because the Niners didn't do anything on offense. And conversely with the offense, I was like, Philly's defense is so tired coming into this game. We got to sustain drives. We got to take advantage of that. And they weren't doing it early. So I was nervous about that aspect. Chris Waddell says Kyle needs to delete the slow developing run plays. Sometimes those are frustrating. A lot of times they work, especially later in the game, but sometimes they can definitely be frustrating. So the Niners forced a three and out, and I was like, okay, we've adjusted now. That's a great sign. We're still in this thing. Let's get the ball back, and let's go down the field. And then immediately, first and 10, Christian McCaffrey, no game. Second and 10, false start, Spencer Burford. And I'm like, is this really happening? Now I feel like it's starting to snowball, but then – Big play. And, and and this was something that I wrote about on our website, goldstandardniners.com. Brandon Ayuk makes a catch on second and 12, uh, second and 15, excuse me. And Ayuk didn't have a ton of catches in this game, but almost all of them were impactful. Ayuk gets 12 yards on second and 15. That sets up an easily convertible third and three, changed the whole tenor of the possession and really allowed the Niners to sort of get their footing a little bit. I agree. And I felt like this was the first like minor adjustment in the game because the Eagles were playing a lot of off coverage to start this game and giving a big cushion to both Debo and Ayuk and the Niners in the beginning of this game. They maybe only did it two or three times, but they threw the very easy free access out routes where if you're going to play eight yard off, Ayuk's just going to eat that space and turn out and Purdy's going to throw it with good timing. Um, and anticipation, and that's going to be a free eight yards. They did it early in this game. Brandon Ayuk's first three or four catches in this game were all just, we're going to just have Brandon Ayuk run an out route versus off coverage, and it's just going to be pitch and catch with him and Brock Purdy. And that was the first adjustment to me. They found him and made it third and three. And then the third and three was kind of a tricky play because it felt like what Brock Purdy wanted on the right side was taken away, and he kind of makes a gritty turn in the pocket, comes all the way back to his left, It's actually a really far throw because he throws it from the far hash all the way to the sideline. So for a three-yard gain, it's a very far throw. Kittle goes to the ground and makes the catch. Um, He's, I think, covered. Kevin Byard was the nearest zone defender on the play. But that was a big turning point because that was a gritty first down conversion. They barely got it. The Niners needed that so badly because that was what got them the rhythm on offense. And it was a very gritty play from Purdy doing the opposite of Hurts where – Nothing is there, but the pocket's clean. I'm going to stay standing in here, keep trying to find something, shuffle around, shuffle around, and he finally was able to come all the way back um, and find Kittle. Brother Bob says, Ayuk showed Slay is trash. Debo did the same on everybody. Yeah, Debo was uncoverable. The thing I liked about that conversion, too, is 
Kittle didn't try and catch it and run and break tackles. Kittle right. was like, I'm just going to secure this thing and get down. He was going to the ground as he caught the ball anyway. He was one yard past the marker. Like I, everybody recognized like, hey, we just got to get this first down and then we'll be okay. Right. And then they were rolling, Vish. They were absolutely rolling. Ayuk had another nine-yard catch. Christian McCaffrey got stopped on second and one. Another out route, too, I think. The yep. next catch was another out route. And then they just start going. Debo Samuel, 13 yards. Christian McCaffrey, 11 yards. George Kittle, 32 yards on a beautiful play design by Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Kyle mm-hmm. was was determined to take advantage of some of the aggressiveness by the Eagles front, and he did it on that play where Kittle looks like he's going to block the edge rusher. He he kind of chips. It's a little more than a chip, but not quite a block. And right. then he separates. And who's coming around the edge to replace him is Aaron Banks, the left right. guard who's pulling. Right. And Kittle is wide ass open for a huge catch and run rumble. And then I thought like the juices really started to flow for the Niners. Yeah. And, and I thought he set a physical tone too, with the way he rumbled on that. Um, and I, I, I'm so glad the way you described that, because to me from that moment, it felt like Shanahan had the Eagles. Like once he got that first, first down and he got a rhythm and pace to his play calling, it was over. Cause he had the Eagles defense by their neck in that game. Like that was in terms, like that will go into me and Kyle Shanahan's like, in terms of just games that are just dominated by a play caller. And he has, had he's had a lot of great game plans, but just games where he thoroughly dominates individually, this was one of them. He was in complete control of the pace and everything. And the way he got his players to buy in, not be worried about last year, not be worried about that and be locked into performing in this game. It was one of his best coaching performances of his career in a game that, you know, you and I last week said he was our numbers, number one concern coming into it. So shout out to him for that. Tuesdays is the Bully Ball podcast with Steph Sanchez and Jason Aponte. We might as well get to the the thing that everybody's the, talking the about. Matzo ball? And, oh my no. god, man! I just I despise when football discussions are surrounded around people who don't play football. Like fictional characters. Fictional characters like Rocky Balboa. Fictional characters like this big Dom guy. I guess we might as well just talk about it. Let's do it. Okay, first off. The Drake Greenlaw thing, it's been an issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to see you doing that. And Kyle Shanahan loves it. He loves it. He'll never say anything bad about it, right? It's like it's so insane that Drake Greenlaw literally penalizes his team 15 yards at a time. But Kyle Shanahan's like, I love it. A guy I drops a pass to an extent. Like, I mean, I'm, look, I, just I, like the I, rest I, of us. He loves it, but he doesn't say anything about it because a guy will drop a pass and be banished to the shadow realm. And, and never play again, right? Like Or like, you know, like, or fumble the football. That's it. You can't even see the field again. I I have an issue because I'm like, Drake Greenlaw, Devonta Smith is as skinny as me. You don't have to pick him up and suplex him, okay? You don't have to pick him up and body slam him. That's my thing. Okay, one. That's it. That's my only issue. Now, this guy who wants to involve himself in football games, bro, blood thinks he's on the team, Steph. He thinks he's on the team. Blood thinks he's on the team. Like he's standing there like this. Like uh, when they, when they, when, when, when the whole team is standing there with their hands on their chest for the national anthem, Big Dom is out there crying like Sirianni. Like blood thinks he's on the team. You're not on the team. You are not on the team, bro. You are not on the team. Your security is supposed to keep fans away from the Eagles, not 
49ers Shouldn't from the Eagles. Shouldn't the other direction? <laughs> like, I don't think it's that's just... where the danger is coming from. Like, you need to Dude, face the other direction. It's, look, look. <laughs> you are supposed to keep fans from the Eagles players. You are not supposed to keep 49ers players from Eagles players. And this kind of just goes all the way back to like this fake tough guy mentality that the the Eagles have, right? With Sirianni, I want you to watch all the clips of them talking about you and take it personal. Yeah, that's you taking it personal, getting your ass beat in in Philadelphia. That's you taking it personal. They they want to be the underdog so bad, and they want to be like the team that's disrespected so bad. But y'all just are not like that. And bullies are bullies until they get punched in the face, and they get punched in the mouth, and you have nothing to say back. And it's just, it's insane that a conversation or a game is surrounded now about a conversation about a guy who is literally not a football player, not a coach, not, not even a quality control, not like, I don't even know what he is. This whole idea of him being security is nonsense. Would Eagles fans attack Eagles players? What is he there for? And, and, and again, Eagles fans, yeah, way to go, Big Dom. You got Dre Greenlaw kicked out. Didn't matter. You got your ass beat. So, Big Dom, take your ass to the sideline. And then him dapping everybody up after the game, yeah. we'll get them That's back. We, we, we'll he get them back. He's on the team. That's what Blood, I'm saying. you're not on the team. You're not on the team. You don't get to say that. This is That's an issue. Like, that is an issue that he thinks he's on the team I am just baffled by the whole situation. I've never seen anything like that. I agree with you, Jay. Like, obviously, the penalty, ill-advised. It wasn't necessary, especially at that point in the game. Like, it just felt like they they gave the Eagles not just, you know, 15 yards, which helped them, you know, get into scoring range, but it, it gave the fans just that extra bit of juice that they didn't even need. Like, the 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 crowd at that point was, like, already dead, the Eagles were were dead to rights at that point, and they just got a little extra juice. I know the 49ers ended, ended up blowing them out, and in the grand scheme of things, it didn't end up mattering. But you just can't, you can't do that. So I think he knows that. I know Kyle loves it. To an extent, I love it too. Like, I love the energy. I love, you know, the big hits and all that. But keep it within the rules and keep it within, you know, what's what's necessary. <laughs> that and that was not uh now the big dom thing i i think calling it like a punch or or whatever is very excessive like greenlaw it was is. trying to point at um Devontae smith and he just inadvertently you know gave, gave uh big dom a little love tap big dom shouldn't have even been there he shouldn't have even been there and if his job we had to is call him big to- dom can we just call him dom he's not big dom just because you're <laughs> Your stature is is somewhat big, and like for obvious reasons, I don't want to like talk about it like that. But you're not big, Dom. You little Dom, get out of here. Little Dom, okay, Dom, Dom, Dom. That works. Yeah, um, (laughs) Italian Dom. Uh, yeah. I mean, it just bothers me that now people are talking about this dude like he's he's some hero to the city of Philadelphia, like. I, I don't I saw someone post someone who's like a beat writer for the Eagles say something like eh, like 
all I've ever known about, you know, Tom is he's this great per like who is assassinating his character that you have to go out and make this post about <laughs> Dom? Like people acting like But it's it's classic deflecting. It's classic deflecting from the fact that your team got dog walked and now was, you've got to defend the post. This is the post, yes. Yeah. Make sure uh side note, but he's, he's beloved. beloved. You are you don't play, no one cares. No one cares, bro. You are not important, you are not special. No one gives a shit, man. I don't care, bro. Who cares? Oh my god, that hat is awful. Oh, that is like oh swaggerless. God. It is swaggerless. Is like, I don't that's like wild. 90s right there, and dude is I mean, we like, we've already bored. cooked the Eagles so much that now we can even talk about this right now, but it's just it's a non-issue. Who cares? Wednesdays, Grant Cohn stops by from Sports Illustrated. We call it Stats and Cone. Chris Waddell says three-year college starter was the first rule for Bill Parcells. Yeah, if anyone does this, oh, back yeah. in the day, Bill Parcells had like commandments for drafting quarterback. Um, I'm trying to find him really quickly. I'll get it too. Some of I'll them are outdated. Four-year four player, three-year starter, college graduate, 30 career starts, 23 career wins, 60% completion percentage or higher, two-to-one pass, passing touchdown to interception ratio. I would imagine that Purdy checked all those boxes. I would imagine that Jake Browning checked all those boxes. And it doesn't mean you're going to be a good quarterback because situation matters, all that stuff. But it seems like it gives you a real chance on a team like this. Hold on. Go Whereas, back. Say those again. Let's see. Uh, I'll do it slower. I'll do it slower. It's slow. Okay. Three-year three starter. Yep. College graduate. Yep. 30 career starts at least. Uh, yes. 20, 23 career wins at least. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. You can find that. 60% completion percentage, at least. Uh, yes. Two to one uh, TDs to interception ratio. Yes. Okay. And it doesn't mean he's going to be great, but it's like, it means he's ready. It means he's ready to leave college, essentially. It means he's ready to go. All right, let's get to a couple super chats here before we go. Vincent says, if, he only, if Debo only did returns, would he be the best ever? Uh, Devin Hester was pretty he's damn quite good. quite good at it. He's very, yeah. he's, he doesn't really make people miss or try to have a bunch of cuts. He just runs really hard. Roadhog, like. 228. Grant says Purdy wouldn't be good on the Bears. Well, Young wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame if he stays in Tampa. He sucked with the Bucks, so that means nothing. Well, Steve wasn't good on the Niners right away. Steve was a project. This is different. Antonio says, assuming we can't pay both Debo and Ayuk, which player is more important? Ayuk's vertical ability or Debo's contributions to the scheme by simply being on the field and creating mismatches? Really good question. I feel like Debo is a better fit for what the Niners want to do on offense. They don't invest in their offensive line. They have a quarterback who doesn't really throw deep. Like They want to get the ball out quick and let Debo and McCaffrey get yard. They're all about yak. They're the yak team in the NFL. Ayuk isn't. Ayuk's the air yard guy. Ayuk's the guy who can catch the ball 15, 20 yards down the field, and um, he would benefit from a team with a better offensive line and a stronger-armed quarterback. So, uh, But he's still great on the Niners, and he's two years younger than Debo, and he gets hurt less. So it's a tough one. This is going to sound mean, but I think Ayuk is the better player, but Debo's harder to replace. There just aren't dudes out yeah. there. That can run can that can right. be like the fastest running back and the strongest wide receiver in right. one. But player. you can get really good split ends. You can get really good X receivers. You can. 
Receiver is becoming a position where you have a lot more success in the draft, almost like running back. Just look at the receivers that have come into the league in the past two, three, four years. I mean, the the Vikings traded away Stephon Diggs, who since he's gotten to Buffalo has led the league in catches. And they got better at wide receiver with Justin Jefferson. It's not easy to do, but it can be done. And that's what the Niners did. They had Emmanuel Sanders. And let him go. You're done. You're really good for us, but you're done. And we're going to go get Brandon Ayuk. And that was the right call. And if they do it again, there's so much pressure. I don't think wide receivers are the hardest position to find. It seems like most of the good athletes on offense are playing wide receiver in college these days. It's not like when we were kids and they're all all playing running back. Yep. Um, Thank you, everybody, for the super chats. We really appreciate it. Like and subscribe to both YouTube channels, the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel and Grant Cohen's YouTube channel if you're not subscribed. If you want to become a member, uh, at least for the gold standard, please, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, you get membership badges, you get priority comment response. It's a great way to support the channel. We are live every single weekday here with you, as are you, Grant. I know you do multiple shows a day on your channel, so make sure you like and subscribe to both. Niners are rolling. Don't fast forward through the year. Enjoy it, everybody, because it is damn rare to see. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thursdays is the original Gold Standard podcast with myself and Levin Black. As we go to this question from Jared Poulter, are we going to get Zach Ertz, another Super Bowl champion, Levin? Uh, He cleared waivers. Any team he can sign with any team he wants now. Uh, The Niners clearly have a need at tight end because Ross Dwell, he's got the high ankle sprain, so he's going to be down for a few weeks. What do you think of uh, adding Zach Ertz to the roster? It'd be cool if they do, but I I don't think he's a needle mover either at this point. The guy can't even average nine yards of reception. Hasn't averaged 10 yards of reception in a couple of years now. He's not what he once was. Is he somebody that's a good depth piece? Absolutely. Is he willing to sign for cheap? I don't know that. And if he's not willing to sign for cheap, you don't sign him because he's not really that good anymore. It would be basically insurance for a Kittle injury, not so much to suddenly have two wide receiver or two tight end sets and have that dominant formation that the 49ers used in the Harbaugh era. Like that, that's what you're not going to get. And I think most fans are thinking, ooh, we signed Ertz. We're getting that Ertz of three, four years ago. No, you're not. You're getting a guy that's pretty darn close to a shell of his former self. You're not getting Vernon Davis and Delaney Walker, right? That's not what it's going to be, which, by the way, just the fact that they had both of those guys at the same time is insane. But no, but he's still a good player. He can contribute in a limited role. And as I have been saying all morning, let's say, you know, George Kittle gets hurt for a play, needs to come out. 
needs to get checked for a concussion, whatever the case may be. If it's, you know, third and short and the Niners want to throw, I'd sure as hell feel better about Zach Ertz being on the receiving end of one of those passes than Braden Willis or Charlie Warner or whoever you want to throw out there for the Niners. And look, these sometimes these games and these plays come down to, to one specific play in a game. So I'm again, I'm all for it. Bring him in. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Throw him on the pile. Yeah, if they can get him for the right price. Now, I, I would say the way the roster is right now, if George Kittle goes down, the offense changes because I don't think they're going to put another tight end and give him pass routes in in any real significant way. I think it becomes, all right, we're keeping Juice on the field and Juice will be that other receiving option that can stay in the block and then try to leak out. Yep, and that, I, I think it fundamentally changes the offense. Whereas if you have Ertz, I don't know that that necessarily happens. I think that might happen a little bit. Like there might be a couple of plays that maybe Ertz isn't going to be able to run the route that you want. And so they go to juice. But for the most part, I think the offense would stay the same. You don't have to fundamentally change it. And that's what Ertz brings. So I, I don't think he's necessarily a needle mover when signed. But if Kittle goes down, he's a needle mover. And that that would be the argument for signing him. Waltony 101 watching on Twitch. Shout out to everybody on Twitch, of course, has a smart question because the entire Twitch audience is very, very smart. Waltony 101 says, can he block? We know how Kyle Shanahan feels. No block, no rock is basically the philosophy there. He's not going to block as well as George Kittle, but can he block as well as Charlie Warner? I got to think that's so. pretty comparable, right? Yeah, he was never he was never the blocker that Gronk or Kittle. And those are your gold standards right. for blocking tight ends that can also be dominant in the receiving game. But he can block better than, say, uh, Kelsey. He's a better blocker than Kelsey. I would say I'm not going to pretend I'm, I'm super knowledgeable in his blocking, but what I remember always reading about him was that he was an above-average blocker for a tight end. And that's the type of thing that doesn't really go away as you age. The receiving part goes away. And yeah. he certainly diminished in that. But the blocking part, if you got the technique, you got the technique. And from what I remember, he was always considered, he's not a George Kittle level, but he's the next level down. John Shoup has a really nice comment that I'm not going to read because you made a crack about Connecticut pizza. So I just want to throw that <laughs> up there and then ignore it. Um, we'll see if the Niners make a move. When As soon as Kyle Shanahan said, I've always liked him, I was like, oh, okay, they're in on him. Because when Kyle says that, that's all it yeah. comes down to when it comes to free agent guys. So uh, I imagine we should be hearing relatively soon. I mean, there's not that much time left in the season. And I'm sure Ertz wants to, you know, get in there and get acclimated to everything. So we could hear maybe as soon as today. We close out the week previewing the 49ers matchup from a betting and fantasy perspective. I'm joined by Michelle Majuk of NFL.com. We call it the Gold Diggers. All right, uh, let's get to our best bets for the week. I've got three best bets, two of them like, I was stunned. Two of them, as soon as I saw them and found them, I ran to DraftKings and bet them immediately. So I we feel might pretty, have the same. I feel pretty confident in these, but I always like to give you a first go, and you can tell us your first fastball guaranteed best bet. Okay, because I feel like you're going to steal one of these. I got to decide which one to go with before you steal it. I'm going to go with Devo Samuel uh, over 68 and a half rush plus receiving yards. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm doing the total yards, total scrimmage yards, 68 and a half. Fun little nugget here. Samuel has averaged 126.7 scrimmage yards per game in his six career games against the Seahawks, including the playoffs. Most by a wide receiver versus any team 
versus any opponent in the Super Bowl era. Minimum six games played. Holy hell. Yeah. Uh, Samuel has never had fewer than 94 scrimmage yards in a game against the Seahawks. And that was just in week 12. That was his lowest. <laughs> so these are his scrimmage yards in games against the Seahawks. 94, 165, 97, 157, 135, 112. And all he needs is 68 and a half. He's had 94 each of the last two weeks, 138 last week, smashing, smashing that over. So that's close to the one I was going to pick, but I'm you convinced me for much of the same reason. Debo owns the Seahawks in his career. Now, he hasn't always been active. He's actually missed a lot of games against the Seahawks specifically, but when he has played, he destroys them. And the best bet that I went with was over the 50 and a half receiving yards because that's his number for the game. And just looking at the receiving yards for Debo against the Seahawks, he's gone over that 50 in every game except one that he has played against them. He had 112, 102, 156, 44, 133, and 79. So he destroys this team. To me, the receiving number jumped out at me, especially because it's lower than the total yards number, too. So I was like, let me scramble and take this. But he's going to put up numbers against this team. It is a fact. Oh, it's a fact. And the reason why I didn't go with the receiving is because that 144-yard game, right? Like, you could see that happening. He breaks off a long run, and you're like, ah, shoot, all I needed was 18 rushing yards. But I also think he has at least, I mean, the numbers you just laid out, every game was 79 or more rushing yards. So, or receiving yards, sorry. So, even with just the receiving right there, I, I hit his rushing plus receiving yards. That's true. And so that I'm just kind of hedging my bets there where it, it could be either yards. I could just root for him to just kill it either way. Right. Yeah. So that's why I went with that. He's that makes sense. That's true. Yeah. He could get, even if he doesn't have a single rushing yard, he could still break your number with just his receiving yards. And I, I just think it's the easiest thing for the Niners to do against the Seahawks, get it to Debo short. They're going to find ways to get him open. And he's just going to run through people. What we saw last week against the Eagles that's vintage Debo. He was a wrecking ball. It reminded me, honestly, I'm old enough to say this. It reminded me of Terrell Owens, just catching the ball, breaking the first tackle and having enough speed to just run through everybody. It's phenomenal. And I think we're going to see that Debo a lot more going forward than we are kind of like the random, like 30 yard receiving game Debo. Yeah, I think last week really was the first week we saw him where he completely looked like his all pro self from the 2021 season. Like he was making those insane missed tackles and just he looked like he had that drive that, that was lacking last year. Right. And he admits it. He admits that he did not do as well as he should have. And even for a lot of the season, he's been banged up or like he's not showing that consistently. But seeing that last week and him especially because the Eagles had a target on his back, right? And he put the target on his back with what he was saying. And he, mm -hmm. he proved himself. He said, I don't care. I'm not apologizing. I'm going to go kick your butts. And that's exactly what he did. Debo, I mean, he already had a lot of respect from me because he's been great through his career, but he really earned a ton of respect on my end last week. I know he doesn't care about my respect, but I was just really proud of him is all I got to say. JJ00 watching on Twitch. Shout out to everybody on Twitch. I love you. Uh, says, did I see a stat that says Debo already has the most rushing touchdowns all time by a wide receiver? Uh, it's the tied for the most all time. He has the most in the Super Bowl era. He only needs one more. I don't remember who he's tied with. It's some guy back in like the 40s, 50s. He needs one more to break that. And uh, he'll, he'll have the most all time. I can't even imagine. I'm trying to think who it might be. Uh, it's in my email. I, I can pull it up when you're talking about your next one. Is it? 
Most you're gonna make me pull it up now, huh? While you're not talking. Yeah, I, I, I now I'm looking. Is it because I'm seeing he, that he's number one? So if it's not, I want to know who it is. It, because... It's number one in the Super Bowl era. Uh, okay. So we're going back a ways. If you're going pre Super Bowl, that's you know. Yeah, pre Super Bowl is 1966. Right. So he's gonna get it. I mean, clearly he's going to get. Yeah, he only needs one more. He'll probably get it this week, to be honest with you. So. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go to my best bet while you look that up. My next one, um, Christian McCaffrey. Wait, no, oh, you're not allowed to take my Christian McCaffrey. It was my turn. Well, I just said I'm gonna go, and you said okay. Now, I now, know, but now, now you took my Christian McCaffrey. Is it is it the rushing it's, total? It's Bobby Mitchell, by the way, Bobby Mitchell. Oh, Bobby the, Mitchell from the Lions. Sure. okay uh it is the rushing total you can give me yours and i'll 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 add on after that over 79 and a half rushing yards for christian mccaffrey if christian mccaffrey has 25 less rushing yards against the seahawks than he normally has he'll still get you the over he so he didn't even have to play four quarters for you to hit this over three games against the seahawks with the niners 108 119 114 absolutely give me 79 and a half rushing yards. And I actually think the 49ers offensive line as a unit, as we have seen under Kyle Shanahan is starting to get it together a little bit. They're starting to roll. They're starting to run block. And I just think that if he plays three quarters, he's getting this over. Oh, absolutely. And the the Seahawks defense has really been struggling the last since week nine, they're allowing 150 rushing yards per game. So struggling a ton against the run as of late. Christian McCaffrey, as you mentioned, always destroys the Seahawks. He's never had fewer than 88, no, 87 rushing yards against them in any game he's played against the Seahawks, right? Even with another, would you say? Even with when he was with the Panthers, you're saying? Yes. So these are his rushing yards with the Panthers, 125 and 87. So his lowest was 87 with the Panthers, 125, 87, 114, 108, 119 for rushing yards in his game against the Seahawks. But I have a fun little nugget again like I had for Debo, because they do have a line up there, right? For his total yards, it's all the way up at 114 and a half. So I think that's why we probably both went with his uh, rushing yards at 79 and a half. But the reason why it's so high is because can you just have a ballpark of how many average scrimmage yards per game he averages against the Seahawks in the regular season games? 125. 172.3. What? Second most by any player versus any team in the Super Bowl era. Minimum four games. Only less than Eric Eric Dickerson, Hall of Famer. He had 179 average against the Oilers back in the day. But these are his scrimmage yards against the Seahawks. And it, it, this is including the playoff game from last year. 237, 175, 139, 138, 136. So they are putting him at 114. That's still a 20-yard Gap. I, I agree with you. I kind of am on the rushing side here more because that's a huge gap, 80 yards compared to 115. Uh, I'll take the rushing yards because I, I expect him to kill it there. But also none, another fun little stat, just against the Seahawks opponents to average the most scrimmage yards per game against the Seahawks all time, minimum five games played against them. Christian McCaffrey, number one. Walter Payton, number two. Debo Samuel, number three. <laughs> <laughs> so two of the three players who torment Seattle more than anyone else are going to yep. be facing them on Sunday on yep. the 49ers. That is a stat. Look at you. 
Thank you. You are you are bringing it strong today. Chris Waddell, thank you very much for the super chat. Says maybe you guys mentioned it, but don't forget that the Seahawks have the same rest advantage over the Niners this week as the Niners had over the Eagles last week. Could yeah. be a bit of a dogfight. That's certainly going to help. The problem is, it's not a problem for us. Niners just have better players. They just have flat out better players at more positions than the Seahawks. And, you know, I remember before the year, there was a lot of chatter about, oh, the Seahawks are coming. Oh, the Seahawks draft class. Watch out for the Seahawks. Brace yourself. Look out. Where are they now? They're six and six. Their season is swirling the toilet right now. They're on their last gasp of relevancy. And it's going to be sweet when the Niners just snuff it out on Sunday. Yeah, and what's wild is the Rams have a better, I feel like have a better chance of making the playoffs this year than the Seahawks. With when looking at their remaining schedule, I feel like I will be way less surprised if the Rams make it than the Seahawks. I actually think the Rams are going to sneak into the playoffs, believe it or not. I yeah. Matthew Stafford is a really good quarterback still. McVay did not forget how to coach. Cooper Cup is there. I know Puka Naku is banged up a little bit, but like they still have Cooper Cup. Uh, I think the Rams are going to sneak in. I think the Seahawks, I just don't think they're very I don't think Geno's that good. I really don't No, Geno Smith went down. Like he's not as bad as obviously as he was for the jets. Cause he's on a better team. He's with a better coach that knows what situations to put him in, but I never thought they should pay Geno Smith. Like I understood he kind of earned it and it stinks, but I don't think he's going to last very long in this team where he's going to, he, you know, there's no super bowl chances with this dude. Like you're never right. going to win a super bowl with Geno Smith. You're probably never even going to win a playoff game. If you do, it's going to be one. So I, I, yeah, I didn't get the whole Geno Smith thing. And he definitely is way worse than he was last year. Who could have seen that coming? He did oh. just have a great game. So we're hating on him after just having a really great game against the Cowboys. And he really actually, like, I thought the Cowboys were going to destroy the Seahawks. Geno Smith was on point. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe some of the throws he was making because he hasn't looked good, I thought, for most of this year. I've been like, eh, he's not anything special this year. Last week, though, he was on point. If he's on point like that again this week, then, it, you know, it, it could be a close game. I heard Chris Sims talking. Basically, he was like, the Cowboys just played man coverage every play against the Seahawks. And it's like, Gino can make some big throws, and you're not going to be able to guard DK and Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba man-to-man every single play. You're just not going to be able to. I don't think the Niners will. Uh, seen a couple comments like this from Rick. Rob, I like your hoodie and it's 49ers. It's nice. Also, somebody else earlier in the show asked, oh, there we go. Rob Lane, where did you get that hoodie? Both of these sh shirts, the one I have on, the one Michelle has on, they're homage shirts. If you go to the, click the link in the description of this episode, it'll take you right to their 49ers page. You can buy the sweatshirts. They have a ton of Niner stuff. They also have like stuff from movies back in the day, like movie quotes and stuff. Everything there is super comfortable, super high quality. I, I just, wear homage shirts every single day or sweatshirts. I swear to God, like they're the comfiest true. things in the world. And I like, I've already washed the sweatshirt so many times because I wear it so often. And it's still so fuzzy. It's still <laughs> so fuzzy. I love so, it. Check it out. Uh, and if you click the link in the description, uh, that'll be good for us. Cause we get a little, we get a little coin of the realm when you do that. So if you are considering it, please click my link. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Okay. Uh, also Rick says, Hey Rob, can I say hi to the faithful in the West in the East and the South and the North? Good morning, Faithful. Good afternoon, Faithful. Hello. Hello, Rick. We appreciate it. We are everywhere. The Faithful are everywhere. One of the few national uh, fan bases in the NFL, and you can see it when the Niners go on the road. Do you have a final best bet for us, Michelle? I do. I'm going to go Brock Purdy over five, uh, 256 and a half passing yards. This one scared yeah. me. 
I know it did because I'm sure you're seeing that, you know, he just went up against the Seahawks and only had 209, right? That was in week 12. He's had at least 270 passing yards in five of the last six games. That one game against the Seahawks is the one that he did not. Now, the reason I'm not scared is because that game was away and this game is at home. Brock Purdy is averaging 308 passing yards per game at home this season. Only 234 in the road. Massive splits, by the 300 way. 300 and what? 308 passing yards per game he's averaging at home. And only 234 on the road. Like, that's a 70-plus yard split. Pretty insane. But these are his games at home. 310, 283, 365, 333. The only time he didn't hit it was against Dallas, 252. So he was only four yards away. But I'm willing to bet. I'm not worried about the Seahawks defense. Again, we think Debo's going to make some big plays. There's going to probably be a lot of yards after the catch again in this game with Debo killing it against the Seahawks, as he always does. Christian McCaffrey killing it as a receiver, as he always does against the Seahawks. I like Brock Purdy over 256 and a half. Aaron Rodriguez with the obligatory. That's Purdy insane. Um, I didn't realize the numbers were that good at home. Man, and the only reason he didn't hit it against Dallas is because they took their foot off the gas because they were kicking the hell out of them after three quarters. Do you want to hear all of his home stats? A 75 completion percentage at home. First in the NFL this year, obviously. 10.6 yards per attempt. That's first. Guys, like 7.5 is good for a quarterback. Eight is really good. You're hitting (laughs) nine. That's amazing. 10.6 yards per attempt he's averaging at home 18 to three pass td interception ratio and again i already mentioned his pass rating at 132.7 20 higher than anyone else these are career starts at home not even just this year his stats this year at home are even more absurd antonio says michelle's giving stats to stats I do appreciate Yeah, I'm that. very statsy today. I'm sorry, but this could, like there's so many good ones. There's so many good ones to go through that they get me all excited. Wow. See, I was like scared of that. Now, now I'm thinking like I need to make a bet real quick and just throw that. I should have, I should have bet all of them on a parlay really, because yeah. I'm really confident that that's exactly what's going to happen. If you don't use prize picks, use them because prize picks is awesome. And you could do a parlay and make a lot more money than on anything else. There you go. And look around, like I always say that, you know, look around, shop for the best odds. There are different numbers at different places sometimes. So, you know, the house is going to do what they need to do to make their money. So you should do the same. And I'm really like, we don't have a sponsor for price fix, obviously, but I was just saying like, so on price fix, if someone gets injured on your part, cause you have to do parlays with price fix. If someone gets injured, it doesn't count against you. It's the only, it's the only app that does that. That's pretty, pretty that's pretty convincing. Have to say. Yeah. Um, okay. My last best bet, you know where I'm going. I'm going to the defensive side. I do it all the time because I, I always like those bets where all I need is one play. I need it to happen. One play. For example, last week, if you bet on Javon Kinlaw to get a sack, guess what? Jalen hurts fell down and Javon Kinlaw got the sack. Now he also got another one later in the game, but still like it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be, you know, it could be a fluke thing, but it's just one play. So I always like those two options. Nick Bosa, over 0.75 sacks. So Nick Bosa has to have at least one sack. That's minus 150. I didn't love the minus 150. Yeah. Chase Young, at least a half a sack is minus 105. That made me feel really good. And I believe Javon Hargrave is also uh, minus or uh, over under half a sack in the game. So I think I would either go Hargrave or Chase Young to get at least one sack. 
But like I said, they had six sacks on Thanksgiving when they played them. There's no reason to think they won't be able to get the same amount of pressure this week. And I just think the Niners are going to be up by a bunch. So Gino's going to have to throw. And that only increases your chances of getting sacks. So I'm taking, maybe I take both, to be honest. But I'm pretty confident in the Niners' pass rush to get home. Yeah, the thing with Nick Bosa is that you have to get the full sack. And then also, even if he does end up getting it, you win half of your money, you know? That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love that, but I, I like the Chase Young. It is wild what – I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but I don't think it is. But since bringing in Chase Young, they have 18 sacks over the last four games. They had 18 total sacks over their first eight games. And so, like, what they're doing now with Chase – it's not like Chase Young is stacking up all these sacks, right? Mm-hmm. But I think he's just helping everybody else make their jobs easier compared to maybe Drake Jackson being out there. Has anyone even said the name Drake Jackson since Chase? Like literally, has he been active? Has he been out there? I don't even know, but that's, that's why I was happy to see what the Niners did this week, bringing in Logan Ryan, potentially maybe bringing in Zach Ertz. We don't know who he's going to choose, but they're still out there looking for guys, Michelle. They're still adding. They're still trying to put the cherry on top of this team, which is what you should be doing when you're in Super Bowl or bust mode. 1000%. Yes. Did you see that uh, Ty Davis Price got cut and then they re-signed him back to the practice squad? So now he's back. I can't. Danny, Danny Gray, uh, Ty Davis Price. Um, what's his name? Running back that I really liked. Yeah, Trey Sermon. Thank you for putting that up. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, the, like I don't want to put Jalen Hurd on them. Oh, my God. Remember how obsessed they were every single offseason <laughs> off about Jalen Hurd? It was obnoxious. And in the fantasy community, everybody was like, Jalen Hurd is the sleeper of the year. It's like, guys, <laughs> he's never, he's not going to do anything ever. Yeah, their third round picks. Just give those away, please. Now, luckily... I have, a, if you're not watching on the stream, I have a graphic up of the, some of the bad third round picks that they've made. Jalen Hurd, Trey Sermon, Danny Gray, TDP, Cam Latu has been hurt this year. That's not all the third round picks. Jake Moody, obviously, third round pick, has played well since uh, missing the kick in Cleveland. He has rebounded nicely. Also, Ambry Thomas, hello, third round pick, rising from the grave to really make a huge impact on the secondary. That has definitely, you know, taken the sting out of some of these third round swings and misses. Yeah, I mean, it has not ended up mattering at all, right? That's the nice thing. That's why we can laugh about it. It can just be a fun little joke. But honestly, they need to stop taking third round picks. Like, just trade them, either use them, because they always have a lot, right? They're really good at getting the compensatory picks and getting those third rounders. You need to package those and either move up or just keep moving down because they seem to be much better later on in the draft than they are. That third round is like a curse for them. It's a little dicey at times. Demarcus Dixon says Geno Smith is dealing with a groin injury. I actually hadn't seen that, but if that's the case, then yeah, everybody into the pool for the sack bets, to be honest with you. He was dealing with an injury. I know it was either last week or the week before he was very questionable to play and he ended up playing. I think it may have been last week. It was against the Niners, I think. Oh, okay, maybe. But then la- I think this happened a while ago. I don't think he got hurt last week. No, he was okay. limited yesterday with the groin, apparently. Oh, maybe the it happened Seahawks, The Seahawks have signed Sean Mannion to their practice squad. Oh, okay. Mm, the plot. Thing. Oh, my God. If we get to see Drew Locke at quarterback, <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be five interceptions in this game. If you get to see Drew Locke at quarterback, bet on Sam Darnold to play. 
because that's probably a thing that's going to happen in the fourth. I quarter. actually like, yeah, I don't love that for my Brock Purdy. No, like for all of these players that we need a ton of yards for, we need them to put up something in the defense, not to score five touchdowns, right? right. <laughs> like if Drew Locke is playing, there might be two defensive touchdowns in this game. So I, I think Geno Smith is tough. I think he plays unless it's just like a huge injury this in practice that he like can't even walk. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us for the best of the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Just want to let you know, make sure you join our live show immediately following 49ers Seahawks on Sunday. We'll be live on our YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch pages, and Twitch pages, I should say. Please join us. It's a very interactive show. I think it's going to be a celebration because I think the 49ers are going to roll, so you definitely want to be a part of that. Again, live, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube immediately following the 49ers game. Come celebrate with us, won't you? I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. We'll talk after the game. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.